We're going tonight to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read several verses here in this chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 14. It's a great story, a powerful story. I feel like the Lord's going to speak to somebody tonight. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And Jesus being full. Somebody say full. Of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. That's the difference in me and Jesus. I'd have been hungry the whole time. He was hungry after. The devil said unto him. If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Oh, there's so much in here. Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Somebody shout the word works. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. God and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world at one time. This is uh, this is very interesting. He showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in one moment. And the devil said unto him, now this is the way he lies. He's a manipulator. All this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now I know there wasn't chapter and verse back then, but apparently Lucifer didn't know Matthew 28, 18. Because Jesus said all power in heaven and in earth is given to me. Praise God. He said, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan. Here it comes again. I love this right here. Four words. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. That preaches all by itself. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Oh, Lord. Do you all realize what's happening in this? He is looking at Lucifer and said, Worship the Lord thy God. He's reminded the devil, He's your God too, whether you like it or not. He brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, now he's bringing him to the house of the Lord and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Now, I'm far from, from being Jesus. I try every day to be like him. But I, I wish Jesus would have looked at him and said, Well, if you're as bad as you are, throw me down from here. Come on now. 
Satan said, if you are who you say you are, then jump off. If I'd have been Jesus, I'd have said, if you are who you think you are, throw me off. Well, here he comes, tempting him. So now the devil's going to try his. He's going to try. For it is written. I know y'all don't know this tonight, but the devil knows the word. Shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. But Jesus, woohoo! Jesus answering said unto him, It is said. Now, would y'all just read this with me, right? Just read this part with me. Thou shalt not tempt. Lucifer is in the wilderness tempting Jesus. Somebody said, Jesus never claimed to be God. Really? He's trying to tempt Jesus, and Jesus said, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned. In the power of the Spirit. Oh. In the power of the Spirit. Into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him. Through all the region round about. Church family. I want you to bind together with me tonight. We're going to pray. God has a word for us. And I want it to be crystal clear. I want it to be delivered. Amen. I want you to pray tonight against every spirit of distraction. Whatever it may be tonight. Let's just ask the Lord to speak in this place. Would you join me right now? God, we need you. We need you. We need you. Hallelujah. Let's create an atmosphere where God feels welcome in here right now. Woo! Praise the name of Jesus. Well, if you promise you won't stay too long, you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful tonight for the word of the Lord. It'll save you. It'll keep you. It'll preserve you. It'll protect you. It'll lead you. It'll guide you. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about what you need to know in the wilderness. What you need to know in the wilderness. We call this narrative in the scripture the temptation of Christ. This is, uh, this is quite a powerful exchange that transpires because this is really, to our knowledge, this is the first appearance of Lucifer in the New Testament. Now, depending on how you look at 
certain passages in the Old Testament, we find it in Job, that Satan is passing before the throne of God. So there is something interesting about this. Lucifer was kicked out of the presence of God, yet there is a meeting place of God with the council of his angels where Satan apparently has the power to at least peer into it, but he's no longer in the presence of the Lord like he was in his original state. And we really don't see him at all interacting with the Messiah in such a way until this temptation. Now, it's amazing. I, I, I wish I had something a little deeper than this for you right here. But the first time we see him in the Old Testament, he is tempting. The first time we see him in the New Testament, he is tempting. I want y'all to know tonight he doesn't have any new tricks. He tried it in the Old Testament. He tried it in the New Testament. He's trying it in the church right now. He's trying it in your life. He's trying it in your marriage. He's trying it on your job. Somebody help me on this Sunday night. The devil is a sly old fox. I'd like to catch him and put him in a box. Lock the door and throw away the key for all those tricks. He's, I, don't, I don't have no Sunday school kids in here tonight. We were upstairs uh, Friday at chapel. And uh, I don't remember if it was Brother Jordan or my wife got talking about Father Abraham. Yeah, Brother Jordan. Not that you guys are similar. You just both spoke. He got going about Father Abraham. He was like, you guys still do that children's church? And they were all like. Is there anybody in here that's ever heard the devil is a sly old fox? Well, I want to tell you, I feel that way. It was a song I learned when I was a kid, but I feel that way tonight. Here's what I know. I'm not going to be able to take him, lock him up, put him in a box, throw away the key. But I do know this. There's coming a day where he's going to be locked up and there's a chain involved. And I plan on being there for that moment when the angel takes, oh God, I'm going to try to keep it together right here for a minute. When the angel takes that great chain, woo! I've preached it many times through the years, but I love to preach about it. There's a, there's a question that I've had through the years for many theologians when they get into that chapter and they're talking about the accuser of the brethren being bound up and cast into the bottomless pit. And it's like this chain just appears out of nowhere. The angel just gets his chain. Where does it come from? It's not recorded, but I've preached it and I believe it. I believe right now that there is a collection of chain links being put together. I believe that. I believe that when chains of addiction fall off of you. I believe when the struggles you've been through have bound you up, but you come to an altar of repentance and that chain falls off. I believe angels come down and capture that chain. And I believe the angels take that chain to a holding place. And I believe they're waiting because everything he's accused you of. 
The angel's going to take that chain that fell off at an apostolic altar and bind him up for the last time. My, my. When he shows up, he shows up attempting. Now, there is so, so much power and so much depth to this story. But I, I, I think there's some things that we just can't ignore tonight. I want you to notice that the devil, now I know that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He was fully God, but he was fully man. So you need to know that Jesus in the wilderness was not there acting as the omnipresent God. He was there in the form of flesh submitted to the Spirit of God. That's why he could be led by the Spirit. And that's why he could be full of the Spirit. Because he was submitted to the Spirit of God. And when the enemy came to tempt him, He came to tempt his flesh. But the enemy did not have the power. Please note this tonight. He did not have the power to make Jesus do anything. That's why he works through temptation. Because you're the one that does it when he tempts you. Y'all can be seated. I know that we like to blame it on the devil. Well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. The devil tempted you and you made you do it. He said, if thou be the son of God, you take this bread, at this stone, and turn it into bread. The devil didn't have the power to turn the stone into bread and feed it to the Christ. He does not have the power to make you manifest sin in your life. You need to know in the wilderness of your life that the devil cannot make you do anything that you don't want to do. I'm probably not going to preach much better than that tonight. I said you need to know in the wilderness that the devil don't have the power to make you do what you don't want to do. Our adversary begins tempting Jesus to turn the stone into bread. But Jesus said to him, it is written. Now this is just old-fashioned preaching right here. So for, the, for those of you that want to just throw your little head back and yawn, be like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I'm going to preach to somebody that needs to hear this tonight. I'm going to preach this to somebody. Not not everybody in this room believes what I'm about to tell you. But I'm going to tell you what I still believe. I still believe that this old book right here will run every devil out of your house. It's probably just a soapbox of mine, all right? But I'm, I'm going to hit it. I love... To hear pages turning in the church. I have a Bible on every device I've got. But there is just nothing like having this book right here. 
I love it. We make our kids bring them to school if they get to chapel and they don't have their Bible. They got to take the walk of shame down the hallway and go get their Bible. It amazes me how many Bibles are collecting dust and we wonder why our world's falling apart. It's been said that somebody who has a Bible that's falling apart probably has a life that's not. Because if you'll stay in the book, I'm telling you, there is, this is old fashioned, but there is an answer to everything you're going through in this book, right? I believe it and I'll believe it till I die. There is nothing that comes your way by what there's not an answer in this book right here. He said, why don't you pick that stone up right there and why don't you turn it into bread? He said, because it's written. It's written. Why does it matter that it's written? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the word says that his word is forever settled in heaven. Oh, I'm fixing to preach something to you right here. Why would he quote scripture to the devil? Well, because he knows scripture. That's true. But I'm going to tell you why he quotes scripture to the devil. Because it drives him insane. The word is settled in heaven but Lucifer is not he starts quoting him word that is settled in a place where he used to be established oh God I'm fixing to preach to somebody in here right now it drives the devil crazy when you start speaking the word to him about places that he used to dwell in power and authority That's why when he comes to you and starts trying to interject himself back into the place where he used to have authority in your life and you start quoting the word, it lets him know that his presence has been replaced by the word. He caught Jesus at an empty season where he was hungry. He knew that he was hungry. Listen, I'm telling you, if you don't believe that fasting is hard, then why in the world would the devil tempt Jesus Christ himself with bread on a fast? You don't have to remind yourself that you're fasting five days in. Come on now. Well, I've been trying to figure out a way to draw closer to God. Hey, got an answer for you. I've been trying to figure out how I can get my flesh beat down. Got a good answer for you. Well, brother, you know, just to be honest, Brother St. Clair, I I don't fast because I get hungry. I get get headaches when I fast. Oh, I've never heard of that. Really? Really? Does your stomach do weird things? I'm going to prophesy to you now. When you try to fast, it's like you're just sitting there and you hear. That's why you can't fast because there's a special grumble anointing on your belly. I, 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 would, I would fast, but man, I just feel terrible when I do. Uh-huh. 
When I was young, I used to say all the time, Daddy would make us do Daniel fast until everybody figured out how to replace everything on Daniel fast with substitutes, and then we weren't fasting anymore. We were eating dessert. And I used to say when I was a kid, Dad would say, well, it's time for Daniel fast. And I'd say, I promise that if I get to heaven and fasting wasn't necessary, I'm going to find Daniel and break his jaw. <laughs> I don't like fasting. And Jesus didn't like fasting. Oh, y'all got your seatbelt on? Pull it tight right now. But the devil can't make you break a fast. If you break a fast, it was not the devil. It was your flesh. You look at Sodom and Gomorrah. I know why everybody says, oh, yeah, they were destroyed because of sexual sin. No, let's back up a little bit. Do you know why they were destroyed, why they were consumed with sin? The scripture said their bellies were their gods. They had no self-control. They had no control over their flesh. You need to know in the wilderness that if you don't get control of your flesh, you will be overcome by temptation. You need to know that in the wilderness tonight. You need to know as you walk through this life that you have all power and you have all authority over your flesh. So when the enemy comes to you, you need to quote the word to him and let him know you may have used to have had a foothold on me, but your power has been replaced by the word of God so he tempts him with bread and then he takes him to a high place everybody say a high place he took him to a high place folks I want to preach this to you as sweet as I can okay but I want to tell you that not everybody can handle elevation Man, that went over like a lead balloon. I know TV preachers want you to believe that God's going to elevate everybody. God's going to make everybody rich. God, God, God's going to prosper everybody. Let me tell you something. Not everybody can handle prosperity. Not everybody can handle elevation. Not everybody can handle elevation. They can't handle it because their flesh... Starts giving glory to them for what they've done. They start taking the glory for how they got there. I, I used to hear it said all the time. I can't even think of it anymore without thinking of this. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you ever heard that? If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, it didn't get there by itself. Well, my, my friend, Brother Tuttle, Brother Matt Tuttle, some people got to compliment him. He said, let me tell you something. If you see a Tuttle on a fence post, I didn't get there by myself. If you see somebody that's blessed in the kingdom of God, somebody that's doing something for God, they didn't just get there because they deserve it. There's no shortcuts to elevation in the kingdom of God. You're going to have to stay fasting. You're going to have to stay praying. You're going to have to resist temptation. Woo, that's as deep as it's going to get right there. You're going to have to learn to tell your flesh and the devil no. If you're going to be elevated, it's going to be because you learned the power of saying no. He took him to a high place. 
And he starts talking to him in the high place. Oh, Lord, I wish I had time to preach this whole chapter tonight. He takes him to this high place. And the scripture said that he started showing him from this high place all the kingdoms of the world. And he says to him, I've been given power over all of this. And if you will but worship me, I'll give it to you. Now, there's some insight in here that I wish I, wish I had time to teach on. Maybe I will sometime. I've taught on it in the past. The devil's not completely lying right here. Okay? He's not completely lying right here. Because he is the prince and the power of the air. But he has to be given access to rule in a place. Mm. He is the prince and the power of the air. Oh, I wish I could say this again. Do you understand why through the years preachers preach so hard against things that came across the airwaves? You, you don't have to know a whole lot about all this crazy witchcraft stuff. But I, I, I want to show you something. When you take that remote in your hand and you, you, you push the button, you can on one side you can turn up the volume and on the other side you can change the... Say that again. The what? Channel. What do you mean channel? Does that sound familiar? It starts channeling what's in the airwaves. Once you get tuned in, tapped in, and connected, I know that in this day and time we live in, honestly, I've had this discussion with some uh, of the greatest preachers that I know, and I could, I could name some of them to you right now that it would surprise you, the conversations that we've had because they used to preach so hard against TV. But I'm going to tell you right now, preaching against TV is a move point. It's irrelevant. It honestly don't even matter anymore. For somebody to get up and preach against TV. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we've learned how to get sneaky. I know guys that got up and tried to sound spiritual like they were truly convicted preaching against television. But were subscribed to Netflix on their phone. That's popular, ain't it? It's still good preaching. Just because you can subscribe to something and it's not on the same device that it used to be doesn't mean that you've got victory over what you was eating you alive. Listen, I'm telling you, God's been giving some people victory lately. Some people have been seeing some things they've never seen before. They started canceling some stuff. I was watching YouTube this week. And, and, and uh, th- we watch YouTube because that's what my kids love to watch all these church services on. I, they don't have social media, so they watch YouTube. And we were on YouTube, and this stupid little commercial, whatever they call them, comes up. And they were showing the Twilight series. Y'all remember Twilight? Vampires falling in love with mortals. Disgusting. Young people in this church got together and Thought they were going to watch a little bit of Twilight. It didn't go over real well. When parents started finding out what they were watching, listen, we got to be careful of the things that we're entertaining. But listen to me now. Listen, 
If you're not careful, you're going to allow the enemy to bring something to you on a silver platter. Because now this is what they're saying. If you'll subscribe this month, you can watch the whole series for free. That's tempting to somebody. Oh, I've always wondered what that was about. So let us give you witchcraft for free in your house. All you got to do is just click subscribe and you don't have to pay for anything. Oh, you're going to pay all right. Because you're giving a foothold to the prince and the power of the air. You're giving him access to things that he shouldn't have had access to, including your mind. He does not know your thoughts. So temptation comes for him to lean into your thoughts. He don't know my thoughts, so he wants to manipulate my thoughts. I I recall when I was just a boy... That there was a sh- there was a show that uh, my family and I watched. My mother's an RN; she hasn't worked in the hospital for many years. But there was a show that we watched. It was a medical show. They had all these people together, and one of the head doctors was a lady. And I remember, I remember specifically. This was uh, this was in the early '90s, and I remember specifically when this head this one of these this head doctor. One of the main characters in the story came in and they made you feel sympathy for her because she decided to come out in the open that she was marrying a woman. This was in the early 90s. That she had fallen in love with a woman and was going to marry a woman. And they made you, they, they, they played on the sympathies of your heart. They played on the sympathies of your mind trying to make you sympathize towards sin and abomination. Can I tell you that that's exactly how manipulation works. It causes you to have sympathy on something that you should have had dominion over. Well, if I could put that in reverse and put it in four-wheel drive and climb that mountain, I'd do it right now. I said it, give, it makes you have sympathy over something that you should have had dominion over. It matters what you watch. It matters what you read. It matters what you listen to. It matters what you allow to speak in your home. It matters what you allow to play in the hours of the night when your children are laying in bed and you don't think they'll be affected because they can't hear it. You'll open up access in your home to the prince and the power of the air. And it brings you to a place of sympathetic exposure where at one time you would have stood against something vehemently and said, no way would I ever stand for that. Until you begin to sympathize, and that's what's happening in this present world right now. They want you to sympathize and feel sorry. Now, I want you to just follow. It's probably going to make some people upset, but I want you to follow the narrative. For two stinking years... We listen to people say you don't have a choice in your body. Until last week, 
When the Supreme Court started messing with Roe versus Wade and all of a sudden they remembered who a woman was and what a woman was and they remembered it's your body and your choice. All of a sudden when the narrative shifts, you don't have to be a biologist to know what a woman is. The enemy wants you to feel sympathy toward. Hey, I'm not going to sympathize towards the sin of this world. I, 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 watch, I watch how all of this worldly narrative collapses on itself. It's unbelievable. There was a, there was a big shift in the last couple of weeks on one of the social media platforms because somebody bought it, you know. And everybody was playing in this. Oh, man, he must be a closet conservative. Woo, yeehaw. There's no such thing as a closet conservative. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. It's that simple. There's no such thing. But it was so funny to me. Because everybody was like, woo, 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 woo. Finally, 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 finally. And then just this week, that same guy made an announcement. That if you work for his electric car company. And you want to have an abortion. That their company will pay for your trip. To go get the abortion and all these people that jumped on, they're like, oh, he's not a conservative. I'm like, no. Surprise. Well, well, everybody has a right to say what they want to say and love who they want to love. Well, here's the issue. If you're going to go by the textbook of society... That's a big fat yes. But if you're going to go by the textbook of Scripture, I know which one's more popular right now, but I choose to err on the side of caution and stand with the creation that God created male and female. Watch this guy this week. He's walking in the street. They just, these guys, I don't know how they do it. I'd get my nose broke the first time I tried. They walk in all, front of all these people and take a microphone. And they asked this group of people standing there were chanting for abortion. They said, when does a baby become a baby? Because this is what they said. They said, well, what's a baby? And held the microphone out and they said, it's not a baby. It's a parasite. Okay. He said, well, when does a baby become a baby? And he held the microphone, and they all looked at each other, and they were like, finally, one of them spoke up and said, when you get a bump. When you get a bump. When it starts showing that you got a bump, then it's a baby. When it's a bump? I got one of them. It's a baby. Come on, man. 
when it's a bump. Okay. But here's the deal. This week, doctor released a video of this beautiful little child in the womb. And this doctor is a special kind of anesthesiologist that can work on babies while they're still in the womb. Okay? So, like, my wife and I had uh, a child in our family that they thought were going to be born with spina bifida real bad. And they can go in into the womb while this parasite is in the womb and they can operate on it. But now it's very interesting because they had 4D uh, sonogram. Is that what they call sonogram? It's been a while since I've been in there, Lauren. You're making me old. Now they can watch in 4D while they do the surgery. Now, I'm going to tell you about this parasite. This little parasite in the belly that can still be killed anytime. When the doctor takes a needle and injects it into that, that baby to desensitize it for the surgery while it's still in the womb, the baby winced and started crying in the womb. Like you can see his little face. Stick his lips out and start crying. I'm just going to tell you, I know I'm preaching to the choir and I don't have to say this, but listen. It was a baby before there was a bump. And I'm not going to let the prince and the power of the air persuade me that if we'll lean into that narrative, that we'll have influence in the earth. He said, if, you, if you'll just... Worship me. I'll give you all this. Well, Brother St. Clair, how are we going to win people? Not like that. I had a pastor call me the other day, and I'm going to be very careful how I say this. But I had a pastor call me the other day, and he said, I have an individual that's coming to my church that was born one way. Now they go by another way. And the name that they give is the name that is supposed to be right now. Now, I'm going to put you all in my shoes. Anybody want to wear them for just a second? They said, Brother St. Clair, here's my question. Do I call him by that name? He said, they showed up at work day at the church. Were helpful. Kind to people. But introduced themselves as a name that's not connected to how they were born. He said, what do I do, man? I said, it's your church, man. I'm going to tell you how I stand on it. I, don't have, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm going to tell you how I stand on it. I think the Word of God makes it crystal clear, Brother Hensel, that if you're born and your name is given to you as Bruce, that you're going to stand before God as Bruce. You're going to stand before God by what your creator made you to be. 
And leaning into that narrative is not how we teach people that we love them in this world. The way to teach them that is to help them fall in love with what God created them to be. And to help them understand that you are beautiful the way that God created you. You were made in the image of God. You were formed after his likeness. And God believes in you. I had a pastor call and ask me, said, what do I do if they want to get baptized? I said, you sit down with them and tell them the truth. That we don't baptize people so they can join our church. We baptize people because they've repented of their sins. And if I'm going to baptize you, you've got to go back to creative order. I do not have the power to second guess my creator. Hey, somebody in this world needs to know that you are not a mistake. God didn't mess up on you. You were made in the image of God. I wish so bad that we could sit down with these Precious people that are confused in their mind and take them back to the Genesis account. Because the scripture said that God made Adam the first man. And when God made Adam, the Bible said it was not good for him to be alone. So the Lord took a rib out of him and made a woman. You can read between the lines and see very clearly what happened right here. God took all the woman out of that man. God took all the woman out of that man. And there was no man in that woman. God's creative order has always been and always will be right. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? Because you need to know this in the wilderness. You're going to be pushed on every side. There's going to be trouble on every side. It's going to come from your job. It's going to come from your family. And someone's going to get you to try to get you to believe the ideas of this world. But somebody needs to look hell in the eyes and say, it is written. It's written. remember back in the day people used to think it was foolish when we would preach things like a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man they'd roll their eyes and say you're making a big deal over that not anymore I'm being honest with you if we've ever had lines of distinction clear it better be clear I ain't never been to prison I've been in there to preach I'm just telling you right now, there better not be no accident. Somebody going in the wrong bathroom with my babies in there. <laughs> I know. I'm just a hard-nosed preacher. Folks, listen. We're in a weird place. We're in a weird place. When in Virginia... This man's teenage daughter 
was raped in the bathroom by a boy that said he was a girl and went in the bathroom and raped that little girl. And then when that father showed up to the school board meeting and said, you let that kid in there, they arrested him. I'm telling you, you're going to be tested. It's going to come from every direction that you could imagine. Somebody, listen now, this is going to make some people uncomfortable, okay? But at some point, somebody that you love is going to ask you some hard questions that you're going to have to give an answer for. Y'all could just about be dismissed on that right there. You're going to have to look at somebody you love at some point in your walk with God and say, I'm sorry. But it can't be that way. Woo! I've been sitting at the table teaching Bible studies. When people get the revelation that they got to be born again. And when they get that revelation, they start asking hard questions. Well, wait a second. My mother wasn't baptized like that. I'm like, well, I don't want to be insensitive, but you can't fix your mother. God's given you a chance. Come on now. God's given you a chance. For you to be born again. Well, does that mean they're lost? Look, you got to get over what that means about somebody else. And you got to fall in love with the truth. If it's truth, it's right. What does that mean that my grandmother wasn't saved? You let God deal with your grandmother. God gave you a chance to be born again of water and spirit. I'm like that guest that just won't leave. I'm about to wear out my welcome. Then the enemy takes him to the pinnacle of the temple. I love this. He takes the Lord of the house to the house of the Lord. This is the same Lord that said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. He takes him to the pinnacle of the temple. And he says to him, now you guys have heard me cut up about this in the past, about the law of gravity. I know you guys probably didn't think I was being spiritual, but there's a spiritual concept to this. You, You don't have to agree with the law of gravity. You can jump off the top of the church and it'll kick in. It's going to happen. There's going to be gravity, right? I don't like the law. Well, too bad. It's going to work. The enemy was trying this same thing on the Lord. He was saying, break, break, break your own law. Jump off the pinnacle of this temple because it is written that the angels will take care of you if you go to dash your foot against a stone. So just go ahead and jump off there. Have you thought about how foolish this is? But how we've fallen for the same trick? Oh, God's got this. God's got this. Look, we know God can handle it. Can you handle it? We know God can do it. Can you do it? Can you handle the temptation? Well, Pastor, if I don't go back to those people, I'll never win them. Oh, you better be careful. When you start hanging out in places that you've been delivered from, you can say all day long, God's got this, but you better be careful. I know God can handle it, but can you?
I'm hurrying. He says to him, a powerful, powerful, powerful principle that we got, we, we got to get hold of. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Can I preach to y'all for just a few more minutes? He takes him to the temple and says, go ahead and just try the Lord. There's, there, 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 there was a temptation that came over the last couple of years that has crept in and set in. That temptation was just stay away from the house of the Lord because God's got this. It was the temptation that you are stronger than you think you are. That you are strong enough to stay away from the house of God and out of the presence of God and still be able to make it. But I'm going to tell you that there's some people in this room tonight that refused to take the bait of Satan. When Satan started trying to give you every excuse for why you could stay home. Hey, I want to tell you tonight. This is one man up here that's grateful. Every time I see Brother Maines come to the house of the Lord. It's not as easy as it has been. And he's got every excuse to just stay at the house. I'm telling you there will always be an excuse to stay home. But somebody's going to say, I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I'm going to get up from where I'm at. And I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. And I'm going to be in the presence Uh, I'm hurrying to a close. I want to take you back to the very beginning of this, of this chapter, of chapter 4, and verse number 1, Luke. And I want to tell you that Jesus was not caught off guard at all by what transpired in the wilderness. This is what you need to know in the wilderness. Chapter 4 and verse 1. And Jesus, being full, somebody shout full, full of the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. When you are full of the Holy Ghost and you're being led by the Spirit, then you're not caught off guard when the temptation comes. So the enemy tries to get you while you're empty. And the enemy tries to get you while you're weak. But Jesus, he was only empty of food. But he was full of the Holy Ghost. The devil needs to know that I am full of the Holy Ghost. And if you come knocking on my door, you are wasting your time. I didn't just go to church to be seen. I went to church and I got full of the Holy Ghost. Let's stand. I'm, 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 I'm finished. Here's what you need to know. Satan is real. Satan does exist. He is operating in this world. And it's time for you to wake up and realize that he's working right now. Number two, you need to know that he likes to work when we are alone. That might be the best preaching I've done right there. He likes to work when we are alone. 
He tempted Christ to turn stones into bread by appealing to his appetite. Then he tempted Jesus to worship him in exchange for wealth and power in the world. This appeal appealed to his desire for wealth and power. And then Lucifer makes an appeal to pride. Satan tempted Jesus to fling himself off the precipice so that the angels would come and rescue him and demonstrate his magnificence and glory to the masses. Follow me very closely tonight in my closing. It appears that Satan's temptation could be summed up in these three things. His desire to turn Jesus into a glutton, a materialist, and an egoist. If he can't get you while you're fasting, then he'll work on you with material goods. I fast every week, but I got to make much more money. And if that doesn't work, I'm telling you there's a spirit of pride that gets on a man. I don't know how to explain this, but there is a spirit of justification that works in the hearts of men. And the Bible said that there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction, it's death. But it's amazing to me. Sister Carol, I know you've seen it all the years that when somebody gets, they get angry and they backslide and they get bitter. There's this proud spirit that comes on them. You watch somebody when they start walking in adultery. I've seen them living in blatant, wide open adultery. And they'll strut right in. Just grin like, say something. It's a spirit that's not new. He said, if I can't get him on gluttony, I'll get him on materialism. And if I can't get him on materialism, then I'll get him on pride. But Jesus said, you're not going to get me on pride either, so get behind me. And I love this in verse 14, Wes, if you'll help me. In verse 14, you're doing such a good job, buddy. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, we started this chapter out saying that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, and he was led of the Holy Ghost. But in verse 14, when he survived the temptation and he told Satan to get behind him, the Bible said that he returned in the power. He was full of the Holy Ghost, and he was led of the Holy Ghost. But now he is operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. When you survive the wilderness temptation, that same word power right there is Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive power. The Greek word is dunamis that comes from dynamite. The scripture said that when Jesus outlasted the temptation that he was endued with dynamite power of the Holy Ghost. You know what that means, devil? Any plan that you tried against me, you formed a weapon, but it did not prosper, and I'm still here standing to tell you in the power of the Holy Ghost that I am victorious 
I've come tonight to reach for somebody that the enemy thought he was going to destroy you when he messed with your family and he thought he was going to destroy you when he messed with your job and he thought he was going to destroy you when he got you weak but tonight you have recognized the power of the Holy Ghost and you are walking in the dominion power of the Holy Ghost tonight is your night you may have been in a wilderness for a long time but you're tired of hearing that same old voice you're tired of hearing that same old voice tonight God is going to give you victory in the wilderness but there's some things you need to know you need to know that the devil is not in charge and you need to know that he doesn't have power over you and you need to know that he does not have dominion in your life if you're here tonight and you want to begin to walk in the authority of the Holy Ghost I just want you to lift your hands towards heaven and say God whatever you want to do in my life tonight I'm ready to receive it Lord whatever I've got to lay down whatever I've got to forsake Lord I forsake it tonight and I'm going to live for you and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to live my life for you I'm going to leave my past behind all of my failures Lord I leave it behind tonight I want you to fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost come on in the name of Jesus.